Typical eight. Your one other friend from grade school, the one who went to private school, appears as a lifeline, and the private school friend arranges a shadow day where you follow him around campus and attend class with him. The private school is an all-boys Catholic school, which is full of non-Catholics since it's one of the only private schools in Phoenix and is generally regarded as the best. The words college prep in its name, the giveaway, the private school sits on Central Avenue, the dividing point between East Phoenix, where the haves live, and West Phoenix, where the have-nots like you live. The school is populated mostly with the haves, which suits you just fine, though in your heart you know you'll never really be friends with any of them, and that your friends will be have-nots, like your private school friend. But that's okay, because you really just want the association not to have to pretend that you're a have, though you and your private school friend angled to get a pair of fake Rolexes from Mexico and hoover up all the polo shirts at the used clothing store after your application is accepted for the fall. Why you fail to mention either your shadow day or your application to your girlfriend balloons as a glaring cruelty when she learns about it from someone else the confrontation, one of the terrible moments of your life up to that point. You have no answer fumbling with an excuse that you didn't think you'd be accepted, though you never doubted that for a minute. Looking good on paper will become an obsession. Your girlfriend is never fully assuaged, even though you promise you never thought of it as a betrayal and you craft a good joke about dating a Mormon girl while attending a Catholic school, which gets you both past it. Also, you remind her about your newly minted driver's license, which means no more hitching rides to her house after school, meaning you can visit more often, which you promise to do, and mean it at the time you order it, not realizing the true freedom of license and the used Ford Mustang II your parents give you bestow. The preacher on the Sunday morning TV show loses his job because he drugged and raped his secretary along with another preacher, which completely validates and supports everything you think about religion. Same again when the other preacher gets caught with a prostitute months later. And same again, but this time about politics when the photo of the senator running for president and the model on his lap is everywhere. Everything is just a cloak for attracting people's attention, sometimes sexual. Attending the Baptist church with your private school friend, a megachurch down the street from the private school, mostly to use the phenomenal exercise and sports facilities in an effort to curb the toll nightly meals at the fish and chips are taking on your body. Surprised to see the rocker Alice Cooper in the front pew with his family, his daughter's baptism on the agenda of the program in your lap. You really don't have any idea who Alice Cooper is, but no, he's someone famous who lives in Phoenix, but he just looks like a father and a husband in church. After watching your friends graduate and leave high school behind forever, you move a little farther west into a neighborhood being terrorized by a rapist. The Starlight Rapist is the name named for the neighborhood, but it sounds like an album and no one goes out after dark. Only men are walking dogs. Suddenly, you and your private school friend go for jogs because you highly doubt that anything will happen to you, and you both openly hope to catch the pervert roaming the streets, talking tough 
about the violence you're capable of. You've been listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark, co-editor with Mary Cotton and Dennis Lehane of the anthology Boston Noir II, the classics 